Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 159. I'm your host, Brian. Joining me this evening is uh is Mac. Drawing strength through machinery. Yes. And we have the dumbass himself. Alcohol may be man's worst enemy, but the Bible says love your enemy. And in spirit, I'm sure that there's a woman present and Ian, Ian present. But, you know, that, that's it. I, I thought you were theorizing that Ian was present in a woman right now. Oh, well, okay. His kids are away, and so I do have a theory. Because I know what I would do if the kids are gone. <laughs> I know what you'd do, too. Put on some cool dick accessories. (laughs) Oh, you bet I would. The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. So here we go. So I found 19 cool dick accessories. So we have the Willy Warmer, which is basically looks like a knit stocking for your penis and balls. Now you could probably get uh, you could probably get a elderly relative who knits to do this one for you in a custom size. Don't you think? Yeah, I I, I imagine you you could. <laughs> Grandma, I, could you measure my? Uh... <laughs> that's right. It's. I love this though. It's a heater for your Peter. It's eight dollars and thirty three cents, guys. That is a that would that is a deal. I'm not convinced about. I've just got it. Sorry, go ahead. I, I'm not convinced about the tactile sensation of feeling a knit sweater. My <laughs> junk. Well, I I I hope it's not wool. I hope it's cotton. <laughs> Still, I have an image of somebody pulling off long underwear and wearing that underneath it so there you go it's not an image that i want okay but this next one this next one is great for every party there's not a single party that i can imagine that this would not be appropriate for and it's the penis is it colada jello pina, shot pina syringe pina oh pina oh pin okay pin i colada pin i colada jello shot syringe this and now I've got that fucking song in my head. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> so, so these are not really ex- all accessories for your penis. Or de- penis no, or de- apparently not. That have to do with penis. No, but these are seventeen dollars and sixty cents, and they're available on Amazon Prime. And uh, I, I, I think that this would be appropriate, you know, to send to the ten, send with your kids to school. Sure, <laughs> definitely. Ah. Uh, Okay, the next one. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Well, okay, yeah. Um, are these are these measured, and do they take an insulin needle? Oh, oh, I, I, you know what? I don't, I don't think so. But that would be cool. No, they're Jello shot syringes. Well, yeah, I wasn't aware the Jello shots normally came in a syringe. They actually do. In fact, so well, I, I, I'll tell you a story after this article is done. Okay. Uh, um, can you can you fill them with sperm for artificial insemination? I'm suspecting that you wouldn't want to, especially after you put vodka jello shots in them. That's disgusting, Mac. How to live with a huge penis. I love this. If you truly care about your dick, you'd want this book to place nonchalant on your coffee table so that people in your life are aware of your monster schlong. And uh, from the cover illustration, it looks as if Mr. Happy is now Mr. Tripod. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> so this book is nine ninety three, uh, and is available in paperback and Kindle. Oh, why would you want it on Kindle? You want to put it on your coffee table for people to see it. Well, exactly. That's well, the why whole would point, you put right? A paperback on your coffee table. Yeah. Unfortunately, this needs to become as a, this needs to be a a hardback volume with illustrations. Well, I don't see. I you know they didn't link to the hardback. And but it's not available for Amazon Prime, so unfortunately, it's uh, you're gonna have to. You know, he's not even my favorite leader of the Transformers anyway. <laughs> Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Okay, this one, the penis toaster that looks fabulous. So it looks like you make a piece of toast, and the coils put a penis on there. It's kind of like it's kind of like seeing the Virgin Mary, but you know. Not her. <laughs> well, I, I've always said that uh, whenever people see like the Virgin Mary or Jesus in a piece of toast, it's just like, or especially the Virgin Mary, it's like, how do you know that's the Virgin Mary? It looks like just any woman. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Because it's on toast. So who else would it be? I mean, that's like looking at this and saying, oh, that's Jesus' penis. Well, how do you know? It could be anybody's penis. Is that, was, is it, but is it actual size? But if it was if it was anybody's penis, it would not be burned into toast in such a in such a sacred manner. You're right. Only Jesus would burn his penis into toast like this. Yeah. <laughs> Only you know Jesus has, has got a history of appearing in baked goods like uh, grilled cheese sandwiches. Yes. So I do no, want to convince now. This is this is Jesus' penis. <laughs> so I do want to apologize because this is not available at the at the current moment from Amazon. So unfortunately, you cannot get this. What you can get, however, is electrocuted trying to make your own. <laughs> How about cock and, uh, and the penis is circumcised. That's proof. It was Jesus. Ah, yeah. Yeah, it's got a brisk. Okay. Cock Wait a minute. Freshman. Is that what that means? I thought it had something to do with tea. I'm not drinking Lipton anymore. I'm just telling you that right now. So you, you thought you were drinking foreskins? No. No, I did not. I thought it had to do with tea. <laughs> okay, cock freshener. Ever get that not so fresh feeling? Here's a product. Uh, a product. The penis owner uh, for oh for the penis owner on the go. There's no four in there. The here is okay. Here's a product. The penis owner on the go. Okay, I added the four <laughs> clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You oh, added the four oh, to, cl- oh. to clarify because it should be there. What, what's it? It should be, or at the very least, the skin of it. Oh, I right, click on this. I want to see what it scented like, or maybe they have different. I don't know. Let's find out. Not available on Amazon Prime. It's twenty two eighty eight for this. Holy crap! Oh, it's a pack of three, but still. Spray in the spray some on in the morning or at night to give your penis a fresh scent. But which scent? It's well. What it, will my penis smell like? This is important to know. Why is it? Why is it called zero tolerance? Cock cologne, penis freshener, zero tolerance. And how badly are you going to hurt yourself trying to find out what your penis smells like? <laughs> the there's poor a, guy. The there's poor... a there's a myth from a Kevin Smith movie yep, happening right that's there. That's going to go because because he broke his own neck trying to suck his dick. <laughs> Just you know, ask your friends. Could you smell my penis? Uh, I, I need to know what this smells like. That's a good idea. I mean, what could go wrong? That sounds like something you do at work. Of course, you work from home, so oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's move on. <laughs> what is this? The uh, foamy alien doll that looks, so it looks like something to wash your penis with. 
don't know. I don't know. And it's not available. I'm, I was trying to figure out if it was some sort of a, some sort of a costume. <laughs> Dress it up. Get it ready for a show. Coxplay. <laughs> Remember, coxplay is not consent. Oh. I'm not sure what the point of this is. Let's move on from that, I guess. <laughs> okay. Moving on. What do we got here? Okay. The next one is a Dick Plumper Extreme. Is that right? Some sort of thickening gel or something? Uh, or a thick cream? I'm not even going to speculate about how this would work. Yeah, it sounds like kind of bullshit to me. Well, it probably well, is. It sounds, irrit- it sounds like it might be some sort of irritant that makes it swell up. And there goes me speculating. It says thickening enlargement cream. Oh, so it's one of these bullshit creams. But, it, man, it's expensive. It's, it's $30 plus shipping. And not available on Amazon Prime, I'll have you know. <laughs> it only gets one star, though. It has one review. Wait, okay. This has got okay. This has got to be Jim. Uh, really didn't do anything for my kind of like a lotion for your private parts. I wouldn't recommend. Sorry to say, but but no, uh, but no, unless you look, you're looking for a lotion for your privates. Okay, so it's, so this person says it was just lotion. I was hoping I was hoping for more out of that review. Okay, does it? Does I mean, it? I can, I can answer any any number of emails for stuff that along the same line. <laughs> does it? Does it get put in the basket? Uh, or it gets the hose again? Yes. So here, th- so tug balls pull bull nuts, fake nuts, eight inch tall flesh. So, but here's the, here's the thing. So so it's basically just. Truck nuts, right? Yeah, pretty much. I wish it was chocolate. That's what I wish. I wish that was chocolate instead. <laughs> a dick towel? Why? Oh, not available. It's gone. Okay, but if you need a if you need a fancy towel for your schlong, uh, cock extender? Sure, why not? For the little guys, there you go. Nice cock extender. Uh, is here the ultimate cock cage? I want to add the word match to that. Well, that, that's that's where you keep your cock uh, until you bring it out for the cock fighting. Yeah, excellent. Okay, you could never fit a rooster into that. Okay, there's five custom reviews. I wonder if any of these are good. Uh, there's there's forty percent or five star reviews. Yeah, people like this thing. I want to see what that one-star review... Oh, no, there's one two-star. Yeah, none of these are good, though. These are all, like, real reviews for this thing. Let's skip a few. Let's go down to 14. Go down. Yeah. They have the Kegel exercise balls for the girls. I guess this is the male equivalent. So is this to to exercise the muscles? So what you would kind of, what, not currently available? Okay. Well, why not? Well, it says there's only ones left in stock and on the page I'm looking at. Oh, really? Mine says not available. Maybe because I'm heard in that Some Texas. people like to do dick ups. Okay, wait a minute. Sure. Wait a minute. I'm seeing one in stock. You're seeing not available. Right. Dumbass, did you pull the trigger on this while we were looking here? <laughs> I may or may not have. <laughs> well, wait. When you click on it, does it say it's available? No, it says currently unavailable. Yeah. So the only person, the only one of us that can actually buy this thing is you, Mac. What does that say? That apparently it's not available in Texas or Canada. <laughs> I believe it did not be available in Texas. That would not surprise me. So here's a penis costume. Sure, why not? 
Uh, oh, the the men's penis stealth. Okay, not sure exactly what that's for either. Uh, sheath. I sheath. Is it say sheath? Yeah. Yeah, it's a sheath. Oh, okay. I suppose since it is black, it could be stealth. However. Oh uh, well. Okay. However, you missed. You missed the. Uh, did you miss the penis penis weights? No. Okay. Apparently, I was still hung up on the whole cock cage thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking. Oh, that's why you said one was available. We were looking at the penis weights. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure how this thing works or how you would even put it on. I don't get it. But I do like people who viewed this item also viewed, and it is a pair of box of sorts with a the trunk. I guess that'd be good for Mormons. I'm sure it would. Wow, this... 4D male reproductive anatomy model. The penis on this thing looks huge compared to the rest of the stuff. It does kind of look big, doesn't it? <laughs> Why is it 4D? Uh, Why I, is I'm it 4D? Sure. Why is it not 3D? So, I oh. Think, I I, think... are, is this Doctor Who's penis? Is that what we're seeing here? <laughs> the fourth dimension is time. Yeah, right. So, I, I, think I don't it's know. Because you kind of can like see through the kind of like cross sections of it and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. This is actually then like, they're using 4D wrong. I'm just saying. Maybe it actually works. Maybe you can actually see like activity in it or something. So well, it is like in, like seeing an extra dimension into it. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so we got the we got the penis enlargement hypnosis. What could go wrong for, for, for only a buck? For only a buck, right? But here, that this is amazing. This this one is great. Penis or dick lipstick. That is awesome. Yeah, but that would only, like, you'd be only able to use it like that a few times, shock people taking it out and stuff before it just looked like a regular lipstick. That's probably true. Yeah. Eh, well, okay. Five bucks, free shipping. They're in stock. All right. Well, while that was riveting, uh, let's move on to seven myths about female masturbation. You know what was riveting? The prequel to Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, seven myths about female masturbation busted by the director of Sticky, a self-love story. What do we got here? Yeah, this actually looks pretty interesting. I inter- think I'm going to see this. Sticky, a self-love story all about masturbation. Goes into a lot of the myths about uh, female masturbation, and some of these are listed right here. Apparently, it's available for streaming online. So okay. I'll have to have a look at that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll watch that. When women enjoy and, masturbation, their slack sex lives with their partners are likely to suffer as a result. Well, that sounds like bullshit right from the start, doesn't it? Yeah, that's the first myth right there. Yeah. Apparently, the exact opposite is true. Uh, if you masturbate, then you're more in touch with your body and you're able to enjoy sex better and, you know, tell your partner what you need. I and we've talked we've said that before. We've talked about that lots. So and that makes sense even, you know, from I, I know that my masturbatory, you know, activities don't get in the way of me having sex with my wife. In fact, it might be the other way around. And the next one, accompanied by amazing animated gif, which I'm hoping is from the film. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> masturbation is so low about about your own pleasure, that means it's inherently selfish. What a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, I mean... Wow. Even even just, you know, taking this thing about... Um, even just thinking anything that's about your own pleasure is inherently selfish. It's like, I read for my own pleasure. Am I being selfish? Are, are you going to walk up to a guy who's reading and, and enjoying the book he's reading and say, you're being selfish? 
It's only shellfish if you're doing it on porpoise. Come on, Mac. That was for uh, you. I was trying to, uh, I was trying to connect shucking the oyster to that. <laughs> nice. Okay. All right. Well, okay. Anyway, uh, porpoise is usually usually referred to in the other other section. Other oh. section. So that's and where like you wax the dolphin. And like both we and uh, the article said in the from the previous question, uh, previous myth, um, when you masturbate, it's uh, it's also about um, you know knowing your body so you can share it with your partner more. Well, the other thing is that masturbating is not always um, a done solo. This is also true. Yeah, there are no health benefits to sexual pleasure through masturbation. No, this we we, we hear this one. On occasion, you know, I mean, because there are certain groups out there who would like to tell us that masturbating is bad, yeah. right? And I mean, there's still that that myth that uh, a, a, well, a lot of bad health effects to masturbation. They, they see, you know, um, hairy palms. Being, going blind. Yeah. Actually, there's this uh, joke that I heard. Um, so a guy goes to the optometrist. The optometrist says to him, you've got to stop masturbating so much. And the guy says, Doc, you should know better than that. That's a myth. You can't go blind by masturbating. And he says, well, that's true, but uh, you are making the other patients in the waiting room feel a little uncomfortable. <laughs> ah, Religious people don't yeah. masturbate because it's a sin. No pleasure without procreation, yo. We know that they do masturbate, and when they do, they feel guilty, and it's part of that whole guilt cycle. Yeah. And then they go confess it to their priest, and the priest listens, and then they go masturbate, thinking about the other person masturbating. There you go, right? It's a chain reaction. It's a circle. Of I, actually, I'm really not happy with the uh, with the uh, with they what they said down below here. Although the Catholic Church would like to believe this is true, Tana discovered that not all religions believe masturbation is sinful. As one rabbi featured in Sticky says, "If God didn't want us to masturbate, He would have made our arms shorter." <laughs> no, no, don't laugh at don't oh, laugh okay. at that. Okay, that is racist against tyrannosaurs. Oh, or tyrannosaurs. <laughs> uh, woman's best friend, the vibrator, is a relatively recent invention. Well, we know that yep. uh, we know that that was invented for to treat women for hysteria. Well, I know it was yeah, used yeah. for that. I don't know if that's what it was invented for. I thought it was, but I could be wrong. Well, apparently the movie goes into uh, detail about this, and yeah, it was used to treat hysteria. And uh, I guess it was pretty popular among women to uh, to come down with hysteria, get a little dose of the old vibrator. The, so the the um, photo here that, that that they use, oh, what is the name of that show? That show is hilarious. Uh, Broad City. I've still been trying to figure out what the Scarlett Johansson. Movie yeah, I don't. Was I don't know. What, yeah, I don't know what that one is either. Has to have been a few years ago, though. It looks like she was quite a bit younger. But yeah, Broad City. Is, I, I love it. It's a great show. Okay. So we're calling bullshit on that just right off the bat, right? Okay. And number six. Girls don't start touching themselves until way later in life than boys. That's not true. Well... Yeah, I, I guess um, a lot of girls do start touching themselves earlier, and you can't just make that generalization. Although, uh, I have uh, talked to a lot of girls, and I know that it's not uncommon for girls to uh, uh, to be ashamed and not want to touch themselves like that until later. In right, life. but the, the shame stuff comes later because they were touching themselves, and so they get shamed for it. You, if you ask my wife, as a preschool teacher, 
the boys and the girls are both touching themselves, even even the, at the very young ages. It's we only you know it's just later we attach stigma to it. I didn't see that in the other article in the uh, in the penis accessories. I don't recall any stigma in there. Well, and, I certainly remember as a kid in bath time, just you know playing around with it a little bit. Sure. I mean, not getting really sexually excited or anything, but no. But I'm, even at early age, it feels good in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, talking about masturbation is a faux pas, which should which you should refrain. Well, I'll tell you what, we we would fail at that. <laughs> we are well, certainly not in that camp. No. Nope. So there we go. Seven myths about masturbation. So we'll have to watch the movie and talk about the movie. I think that that is good homework for all of us. I'm I think, down for it. I think we should do a movie review. Yeah. Do we have to purchase it or can we that, do it for free? Let me have a oh, look. Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, it looks like you might just be, well, there's the trailer. I don't know. Can we watch? I don't know. We'll figure that out. If we can, we should we should we should all watch it. I find it interesting that this whole article has in essence been a commercial for the movie. Well that's what it no, that's what it it was link bait. That's what it was intended yeah. for. Absolutely. All right, well, we're we're moving on to our bigotry of the week. Yep. So what is going on here, dumbass? Okay, well hold on, let me just load it up. Uh but uh yeah, you remember uh well this is just a recent thing, the uh Philando Philando Castile incident man uh pulled over by uh the police apparently for a broken tail light the police co- comes up and uh asks for his license of registration and informs him that he is um a uh he has he has a gun and he is licensed to carry it and he he reaches for his wallet when the cop shoots him in the arm i think of, i think more than once but i'll have to verify that but uh anyway kills him and there's a lot of hubbub about this um, and as most of you probably know, the man uh, was a black man. And so there's a lot of speculation. Well, would this have happened if he was a white man? And that race might be a factor in this case. Oh, this was in Minnesota. <laughs> race can be a factor anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, uh, no matter whether race was a factor or not, uh, this does appear to have been uh, a very, very poor decision on the uh, on the part of the police. Very, um, very incompetent job. But the, now the point of this article is that Treehouse put out an article. Yeah, there's a website called the Conservative Conservative Treehouse, and they just made a bunch of stuff up. Right. So Pretty much. they, well, they they accused him of being a suspect in an armed robber robbery, uh, which he was not. They said that he had a gun on his thigh based on uh, this. Uh, Flurry's cell phone video, was it his sister? Yeah, I, I don't know. Anyway, um, there there's sort of a black thing on his thigh, and they were saying this is the gun, and that's probably why the police fired, because he had it at the ready like that. That could just and be there, a fold in his pants. Yeah, you can't even see what it is. I, I've heard speculation that it's iPhone or something. Well, you know, essentially what we're looking at here is that they are they are taking somebody who is unable to defend themselves and they're smearing him. Yeah, this is a huge smear, um, completely counterfactual. Um, he, he was not wanted for any armed robbery. Um, there is some evidence that uh, he has uh, multiple traffic in infractions to his name, but uh, that has nothing to do with this story. Traffic, traffic infractions are, are misdemeanor. Right. Unless you're talking about multiple DUI. 
There's a, there's a lot of speculation that his multiple traffic stops uh, have to do with the driving while black, which yeah. that may, may very well be the case. But uh, even even if uh, he was just a terrible driver, that still doesn't have anything to do with it. So it does. I I thought that um, it did say that he he um, the guy looked like he might have been a suspect that they were looking for. So there was a similar appearance. But right, they've works. gone they've gone so far as to make sure that people think that he is the suspect. Right. Exactly, which he's not. That that was just some speculation by a, by some police officers. You know, that's not the okay. reason why he was pulled over. Oh, it was okay. That was just a little speculation that was happening and apparently they took it and run with it and ran with it and made it like, oh, he was an armed robbery suspect. No, he never was. He never okay. Some people thought he might look like that, but you know, let's let's face it: being a terrible driver, even if he was a terrible driver, is not something you get shot for. Exactly. If right. if it if being a terrible driver was something you got shot for, then the average age of the drivers on the road would be much lower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You thought I was going a totally different place with that, didn't you? <laughs> so, uh, what's yeah. ha- so unfortunate what's happening here is that. There is a conservative website that is tr- is trying to defend these actions in some way. Yeah, it's completely it, it's just bad journalism, and I I think they they're doing it on purpose. I don't even think they care about the truth. They just they just care about putting out a false narrative and trying to. Well, uh, they care about controlling the narrative. Yeah, and because this is a liberal issue, Black Lives Matter. Therefore, the conservative narrative has to be opposite of that. Right. And it has to show that this this black person was responsible for his own murder. There's a lot of that stuff going on right at the moment. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, here's the thing is that we're seeing a lot of the, uh, uh, you know, stuff about these shootings. And sometimes shootings are justified. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to guess that most of the time when cops pull their weapons, that is justified. But we are certainly seeing a rash of ones that appear to be unjustified. And they also tried to say that it wasn't true that he had a permit to carry his gun. Um, And they got this from a tweet from the Ramsey Sheriff Department saying that they that he never applied with them with their office. Yeah, uh, doesn't well, mean he didn't have a doesn't mean he didn't have a concealed carry permit though. And yeah, another sheriff and, can and issue I kinda, that. I'm kind of wondering why the sheriff department decided to say that. Maybe that is weird. Well. Was it? Uh, it was their sheriff's department that shot the guy, right? Yes or guess, no? But, the, but the, the sheriff's department clarified later that uh, that they did not say that he didn't have a permit, only that uh, they didn't get it from their office. So they they confirmed that uh, their tweet did not mean that he did not have a permit. Okay. Well, even even so, you know, this could just simply be somebody holding the thin blue line. Yeah. Oh, and then the whole cigarette thing is ridiculous. That apparently the cigarettes that were that were stolen, is this um, her sister carrying a carton of them or carrying a packet of them or something? Who who is anyway? They they're associating her him with the woman carrying the same sort of cigarettes that were stolen. But this is an incredibly popular brand of cigarettes. It's it's like so what? <laughs> Lots of people yeah, just, have they're, them. They're just trying to link him to the yeah. crime. Any way that they can. Is. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, that is some. Um... That is some shaky circumstantial evidence. Yeah, uh, were I were I on the jury, I would probably probably give that more than reasonable doubt. Okay. Huh? Yeah, I don't even know if there's an indictment in this case. Not luck. So there you go. So that 
it it is interesting, you know, at least there are people watching these sites, you know, looking for this kind of stuff. Um, well, I think we I, we don't um boy, we don't have <laughs> my my mood to Texas is really slowing down here. So, well, I guess what we have is um we have the AA stuff. Oh no, MSG. Is it really bad for you? Yeah. Um I thought it would work work well with the AA stuff because Yeah, it does. Uh these articles in culture and cognition today are all about stuff that uh people have a general certain feeling about good or bad and uh it's probably not as clear cut as people tend to think. Okay. And basically uh this article is all about uh MSG. It's gotten a huge bad rap as being the uh, instigator in something called Chinese restaurant syndrome. Is um, is is that when you eat Chinese food and you're hungry an hour later? No, the cause of that is the fact that rice is a heavy <laughs> component in that and tends to burn out of your system pretty fast. <laughs> oh, that's not Chinese restaurant syndrome? No, basically it's a bunch of like really vague symptoms, you know, uh, heart racing, tingling okay. in your legs and stuff like that um, that uh, people have uh, said they get after eating Chinese food or whatever. And um, Well, I get that when I think I'm going to be eating Chinese food. <laughs> heart racing. Excited. <laughs> so there, were, there was a lot of talk about this in uh, the early '80s, I believe, and uh, people uh, people have just uh, put it as a thing that uh, uh, we should avoid that. And uh, Chinese restaurants will have signs on them nowadays: uh, "No MSG," which uh, I think you can't really guarantee, since a, since a lot of foods have MSG in them naturally. I think that people don't realize, like Italian food has a lot of MSG in it. So it gets associated with Chinese food, but there are a lot of other foods that have MSG. But they don't. But the people don't seem to have a problem when they eat these other foods. Yeah, uh, MSG is uh, basically a main component in uh, invoking um, the the fifth uh, kind of taste that we uh, Japanese scientists have uh, is that termed the umami. Umami, yeah, umami. yeah, uh, which is like the savory taste. Yeah, I I, I actually I have experienced that. Yeah, I mean, if I you would say, "Ooh, mommy, let's go get some <laughs> Chinese food." <laughs> yeah, basically, if you if you think about a nice stew or a chili, that's a lot of umami in there. Yeah, mouth satisfaction. Yep. Um, and in Jap in Japan, it's actually sold in uh, in containers. You can buy it at the supermarket, MSG, which doesn't go around well down here. People just don't look at msg and they're like oh that don't want that because of all the uh bad publicity to it but there is very little uh scientific evidence that msg uh has any kind of negative effects right you know when it all comes down to it if i understand the con the compound correctly it's it's pretty much just uh some it's it's related to salt and sugar at the same time so it's gonna enhance flavor I thought and it it's was. Gonna, it is gonna want to make it want us to make us eat more. I thought it was a. I guess it, oh, monosodium, so sodium, so salt, mm -hmm. glutamate, sugar. So yeah. it's, okay. So it's not surprising that we tend to enhance taste and make us want to eat more. I just even simple salt, you, you know, even sodium chloride thrown on fries makes you want to eat more more fries. Sure. That's why you can't eat just one potato. Yeah. My understanding is that it's most deadly when mixed with dihydrogen monoxide. That stuff's terrible. Yeah, that stuff's awful. <laughs> I, I've tried to go completely without, but you know, I'm kind of addicted to it. I keep, on yeah, myself, you know, 
yearning for it and having to go back for more. Well, we have high I'm concentration. I'm addicted to dihydrogen monoxide. Yeah. Down- and that brings us to the addiction stuff? Yeah. Well, I was going to say down here in Houston, we have we, we have a, a large quantity of that in the air, sometimes as much as 70%. Yeah. Oh. Well, I am I'm dealing with this nasty oxygen addiction right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so yeah, there there's a lot of foods that people don't realize have monosodium glutamate in them. Um and I just pulled up an article that says three foods you might not be aware of. It this is fresh uh fresh fruits and vegetables. So that that's probably naturally occurring. Mm-hmm. Um baby formulas and foods. Uh Get them while they're young, damn it. Now, them young. This is interesting. I don't know what site I'm on here. Um, it says healthimpactnews.com. And one of their claims that they're making here, MSG confirmed to cause obesity and liver disease. And and, and it, the, they don't cite a good source. Now, um, did, you, did you see anything to indicate that that might be true in your reading, dumbass? Uh, no, but there, there are a number of like small-scale studies uh-huh. that have claims to uh show certain links so they might be going off those and you know how a lot of these studies sometimes go yeah really misrepresented by the media exactly oftentimes, a little a little study gets blown out of proportion well and often I, I, oftentimes I, I, a little study starts off with a conclusion and the facts get bent to fit that conclusion yeah and then you know but pretty much all of the large scale studies have shown that have have failed to show any connection between MSG adverse health effects Although, right because of uh, uh, the big MSG conspiracy yes uh, that's exactly all the big studies are involved in that yeah exactly so that that's to come back to that oh the, these guys uh, are paying for it it's all paid off there just but um you know the scientific community uh, is uh, really good at looking for like really overt flaws in studies and things like that. And uh, well, because because it is, I mean, I, I have no doubt in high quantities, which is which they probably fed it to rats in extremely high quantities, and it damaged the liver. That that would not surprise me for a minute. It's like a lot of yeah, times you look at those the same thing with the hydrogen monoxide. Exactly. So you look at these studies and they come back and say, this caused cancer in rats. Yeah, it caused cancer in rats when they ate their body weight every day. <laughs> well, you know, lots of things cause cancer in rats. Have we considered that rats are the cause of cancer? Yeah, <laughs> well. <laughs> They're the cause of bubonic plague. They're right behind the mice. I think the they could be the cause of, the cause of cancer, too. Yeah. But yeah, actually, that's, 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 that's actually wrong. Rats. It was actually the fleas. <laughs> That's true. It was the fleas. The rats got a bad rap. All so, right. Yeah, let's uh, continue on. Yeah, let's move on to AA. Right. So uh, a little uh, continuing on with the subject of things that you might have had previous impressions of that weren't exactly what you thought. Uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. It might not be exactly what you think it is. <clears throat> so my impression of it, uh, 12 step programs is you basically go into these programs. Uh, I don't know what all the 12 steps are, but you, 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 uh, uh, I've got here. Actually, they've softened oh, their language. On it. Have they? they? They've, yeah. They've softened their language on it recently. It looks like, um, it used to be like a hardcore set of steps for you to follow. Now they're just making them like their suggestions. Cause it, you to wonder, well, what, what's the point of calling it a 12, 12 step program, but so you admit that you're powerless to help yourself. And you give yourself over to God so that he can take right. care of it for you. You give yourself over to a higher power. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and that, according to them, that higher power can be a rock. 
which uh, they they don't really think that your higher power is going to be. Okay. Well, you, you... Yeah, that's, uh, that's number one and two. So okay. uh, that you're powerless and then uh, submit yourself to a higher power. Number three is uh, make a decision to turn your lives around to the care of God as you understand him. Uh, number four is make a searching and fearless moral inventory. Uh, number five, admit to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Uh, number six, uh, be ready to have God remove all these defects of our character. Uh, number seven, humbly ask him to remove these shortcomings. Number nine, make amends to people wherever possible, except where when to do so would injure them or others. Number 10, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, when, when you were wrong, promptly admit it, which seems like just a repetition. Sure. Number 11, seek through prayer, prayer and meditation to improve your conscious contact with God as you understand, praying only for knowledge of his will and the power to carry that out. Uh, and number 12, have a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. So uh, it's it seems like these are uh, one big out, too, because... If it doesn't work for you, it's because you weren't you you weren't able to give yourself over to the higher power. Not the higher power's fault; it's your fault because you weren't able to accept the higher power. Yeah, and this leaves uh, atheists for one in like a, a bit of a bind in following these steps. Not that's why the language is so soft because it's a higher power as you recognize them. Yeah, your <laughs> yeah. higher power could be science, right? In which case, if it is science, there are better options for you. Yeah, I, I grant myself over to science, and science. I, I let I'll, I'll let science forgive my wrongs. What, what the- yeah, yeah, one thing one thing that you probably should be aware of, and I I am I am in communication with somebody who's going through a program right like this. Um, you work the program steps, but you continue to work them repeatedly, so it becomes less of a it becomes less of a panacea and more of just like a a series of habits. Well, and that's not that's not all that's not a bad thing if you can create habits for your health yourself that are healthy that keep you on track. That that there's nothing wrong with that. Um, yes. So the, I, I guess I mean we're not we're not I, I guess we don't want to say a blanket statement that it that these things don't work and that they're silly because there could be value from them. I'm not sure that there's value in those 12 steps that we just went through, but that well, doesn't mean that it may not have value for you. It may have value for somebody else. Okay. If it if it helps them in a place where they are having problems <clears throat> and they don't have any other option that works for them, then if that option works for them, then it's a good option. Right. But I guess I would say to that, that these programs are a lot of times mandated by the court, and if they don't have a proven track uh, success rate, and they and they aren't formulated to be generic enough to work for everybody, then they're probably uh, they're, they're probably ill advised to be mandated by the courts. Yeah, yeah. And I'm very iffy on that. Um, it, you know, that's that's almost a violation of the separation clause. I would tend to agree. And these things sound like religion to me. They don't sound like a actual drug program. Yeah, and um, the thing is, the the whole twelve step program, Alcoholics Anonymous, was they came up with it in the thirties, um, and basically the whole science of addiction wasn't even, I think, in its infancy. Then um, they didn't know much about it; they just made the stuff up, basically. And well, I'm, and at that point, the addiction was treated more as a defect of character than it was 
in an actual disease. Right. But in, in another way, though, that these two people that came up with this came up with something that worked for them and they created a support group for them. And in that respect, there was probably value in it in, in creating that support group. But then to take that this support group that they have developed for themselves and say, oh, this is a treatment for everybody. Well, that, that but, that's going a little far. But to have a support group around you is probably the most important step in trying to conquer addiction anyway. Is it? I don't know. Well, think about it. You know, we've talked about addiction stuff before, and people who are bored and lonely are more likely to have problems with addiction. Right. If you've got somebody you can talk to when you're feeling that feeling, when you think that that's the only way to go next, then you may not have the problem. You may not cause yourself the problem. You yeah, may that, not drink yourself to a blackout because you've got somebody to talk you through it instead. Yeah. I, I, I agree that, that social support is uh, is important, and I've got a couple of articles later on in here about that very thing. But we're, when we're talking about uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, I think it's important to try and uh, get a grip on exactly you know uh, what their success rate is, and maybe there are other programs uh, that are better out there because uh, the science of addiction has come a long way uh, since the 1930s. Well, it, it, the problem with addiction, though, is that there is science to it, but addiction takes a lot of forms, mental and physical. Right, but w- uh, there are some recent books that I've read that um, address addiction uh, as an overall characteristic, and and what they they found a lot of a lot of what Alcoholics Anonymous is saying about it to not be true. And we have actual data to, that, that shows that it's not true. There, there's a lot of uh, data. And, like, especially um, you talked about uh, uh, courts, you know, send, like if, right. you, if you get caught drunk driving, the court will send you to Alcoholics Anonymous. Whereas, you know, being drunk, if making a, like, driving drunk is a poor decision, but it doesn't mean that you're an alcoholic. Right. right. Yes. So, and, and basically it's treating any drinking like it's dangerous alcoholism and the the kind of idea um is that there's a downward spiral that's inevitable for inevitable for anybody who uh gets into alcohol maybe drinks a little too much whereas scientists uh these days know that um addiction is more of a spectrum right do either of you consider yourself to have addiction issues no i no, I, no. okay i do consider myself to have addiction issues okay one one of the issues I have with Alcoholics Anonymous is this idea that one drink is falling off the wagon, and and in the article it it, it talks about some people that um, when that happened they um, uh, it, once you've fallen off the wagon, well you're you've already you're you're you you've already committed that I guess that sin if you will, so you might as well just keep going and and have a bender, and it kind of encourages that. Instead of having some nuance there to deal with, okay, you had one drink, okay, you know. Yeah, and I mean, like, not every well, person who's who's drink who's gotten to a habit of drinking to excess uh, needs to go cold turkey on it. Right. Uh, sometimes people, it can work out if people just told, "Hey, you're doing that too much. Maybe cut back a little bit," and that's all they need to do. Something I heard once that I thought was that I thought was a pretty nice statement was you're not an alcoholic. If you think alcohol is, is a, if you think alcohol is a problem, you may be an alcoholic. If you think al- alcohol is the solution. <laughs> okay. The cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Yeah. I mean, 
so the the article um which article was it um was it the uh, irrationality of alcoholics yeah. anonymous it goes into a lot of um these nuances but one of the, one of the big issues of course is that they've set themselves up in such a way that you can't study their findings to find out if they're successful because it, i mean it's completely anonymous okay um so you can't collect any sort of data and so then all they do is make a bunch of claims that that they have these success rates but- well you've got you've got anecdotal evidence i mean if you want to listen to there are meetings on youtube that have been put up there uh, speaker meetings and just regular meetings have been put up on YouTube, and there's a lot of anecdotal evidence mm. in those meetings, but it's just anecdotal evidence. Right, so so no evidence. Yeah, I mean, uh, some people have tried to uh, study what the success rate is. I believe, like, doing trying to do more scientific study, I believe one person came to the conclusion that it was in the single digits. Yes, I, I've heard 5% is, is as high as high as 5%, but I've also heard uh, um, in one of these books that I was reading, he said that that, that same 5% probably would have gotten, um, would have recovered on their own anyway, that they were, you know, so part of it is age. Um, when you get to, you know, when people hit a, hit the age of 35, a lot of times they will just, you know, get out of these kinds of addictions and stuff like that. So things, as, as life changes, people get out of these addictions. So they didn't, they didn't characterize, uh, uh, the AA as really being, um, effective more than just creating that support group. That's the only thing that, that anybody's really said that's effective about the AA system. Right. And, and the whole, like like I was saying, the whole premise of it is that uh, if you have one drink, you're just gonna uh, go down the rabbit hole, and you, 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 that you you can't stop. You got to hit rock bottom, things like that. And the fact is that what we've been discovering uh, through science is that uh, it's possible to rehabilitate people and to uh, allow them to uh, get them so that they can imbibe uh, a a reasonable amount of alcohol and not go off the deep end again. Um, That won't work for everybody. Some people just have to stay away from it. But um, not all people who drink to excess uh, need to go cold turkey and to not drink alcohol for the rest of their lives. Like I said, it's not all people who drink to excess are alcoholics. Not all people who are, you know. Well, now now it depends on how you define alcoholism, too. the, The, you know, essentially... The one of the tenets of the program is that if you're an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic. Right, and we and and we can show scientifically that that is not true. That is that it that is a falsity that the, that they're spreading. Yeah, you may get into uh, an alcohol habit and drink to excess quite a lot for a certain period of time, and it may be affecting your life. But um, for a lot of people, it's possible to turn that around and to start drinking reasonably again. Yeah, and yep. I and I I do have a friend, and we we've bantered back and we've gone back and forth about this because because uh, I I've, I've I've told him what I want from AA, you know, is, is proof, and of course there isn't any, and he he absolutely believes that it worked, and for him, you know that 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 network um, was quite beneficial for him, um, at least the way that you know the the way that he talks and the way that he used the network was certainly beneficial in his case. So, I mean, uh, certainly ha- having for, for him, it was, but, you know, we, we go back and forth on this, this whole thing about, you know, you, we need data for, for it to be mandated by the courts 
for one thing. But he believes that he's the type of um, uh, addicted person that he that if he started drinking, he would just go back to drinking. That he couldn't have nuance, and and you know, for him, that's a safety mechanism too at that point because he knows how he how how he's been in his past. You know, so the, so for some people. Just um, this idea that once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic, if they can stick to it, um, might be a good thing in some cases. Certainly. Like I said, it's a spectrum. Right. And, absolutely. And I think we we have to treat it as a spectrum as not, and not as just one thing will cure, will help everybody. That's what we have to funnel everybody into who uh, has a drinking problem. Yeah. And so, like, I, I don't know what um, – why, why you would consider yourself uh, – um, and having a sort of addictive personality, Mac. But I know, like personally, I have addictive behaviors. Okay, um, you know, I I know that when I go out and drink with friends, I have I have a limit, yeah. and I never exceed that limit. I, I I there's just I feel no reason to exceed that limit, you know. But and and I know, but other people that I go out with, they they will just keep going. You know, yeah. and they they don't have they don't have those limits for themselves. So once so once again, we're talking about a spectrum. And yeah. oh, no, I, I totally agree. And, That's why I asked you if you considered yourself to have addictive behaviors. Yeah. I didn't say, "Hey, Brian, do you think you might be an alcoholic?" No, 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 no. I no, I I understand what you're saying. Um, well, sometimes I get get into something like a hobby or something, and I do it to excess. Right. For but I and I'll do that too when something's new and exciting. You you know you you kind of get absorbed in it. But I but I eventually at some you know walk away at some point. And I think a lot I think a lot of people have are, are like that about most things. And even an alcoholic is probably like that with most things in their life. We get excited about something, we do it for you know, and then you then you can back off. So. I, and um, yeah, I put in a couple extra articles in here um, okay. about uh, the signs of addiction. Uh, there's actually some really interesting science about, uh, and I we, we mentioned this a little bit earlier, that um, a person's social environment is very important to uh, how he handles he or she handles addiction. Somebody with a, um, a with a strong family connection or strong a lot of strong friendships, people to hang around with and stuff. Is much less likely to uh, to become an addict, and um, like they've done the the, uh, the experiment with rats and uh, heroin, and they right. they find that the rats, if they're in a cage by themselves with nothing to do, will tend to like uh, overdose on the water bottle filled with heroin and drink that excessively and uh, usually die from that. But they found that uh, when they offered heroin to uh, rats in a cage with other rats with a lot of uh, tubes around to run through and stuff. Yeah, they call it Rat Park. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when that happens, the uh, rats don't pay as much attention to the heroin and they never overdose. Right. Oh, and then there was the uh, then there was the one about the the rat that did do a lot of heroin but turned out to be an amazing bassist, <laughs> Keith Ratchards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, a lot of addiction has to do with our social situation. And Nothing. I'm just ignoring you. We're just yeah, ignoring. yeah, we're just moving on. Just moving on. <laughs> and because, and it's not total. I mean, like uh, the the old model that um, the chemical hooks are what get you into it. There's a certain amount of truth to that. And for certain drugs more than others, like for uh, for nicotine, 
there's like a lot of people who have trouble quitting even with social help and stuff. Yeah, the, that is such a social thing too. I mean, people going out think, and smoking. Like, uh, well, there's there's multiple there's multiple hooks on cigarettes because there's the there's the physical addiction of the nicotine, but there's also the habitual addiction of of the activity. Yeah. And the activity becomes for some people even more important than the than the physical addiction. In that book that I was reading, they talked about the chemical portion of the addiction only being like 15 to 20% of the addiction and and the rest of it being all these other factors. Yeah, the social factors are even for nicotine are by far the majority of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with nicotine that sometimes works against it because a lot of nicotine cigarette smoking is social. So it's your social thing you go out with your buddies on your smoke break. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I I I I observe that behavior a lot. <laughs> so yeah, and um uh, the guy who uh, wrote this book, he, he he concludes the article by saying that basically what he tries to do with people who are addicted in his life um, is try to be there for them. You, you want them to have a, a social uh, social support for this rather than taking it away. And like certain shows like intervention shows will bring the family together and then they'll threaten the addicted person with taking with, uh, you know, taking that away from them, basically with saying. Uh, if you don't stop this, we are not going to have you in our lives. Right, which is the opposite uh, uh, yeah. effect of what, yeah. Exactly the opposite of what they need. Right. Yeah, it, it, it will we'll take away your social support if, if it's, uh, yeah. But I, but be, it's because addiction, addiction is so misunderstood. We, we, we do not have the data that's necessary. And we're getting it, right? It's growing and, and. Um, is getting better, and because it's getting better, we, you know, science is finding better ways. One of the things that um the article one in the article you're talking about was the uh, opiate um, blockers. So if people are taking that, what they when they and they drink, they don't get the high from it, and and if they so if they will if they can commit to taking this pill, that that is a good way to wean off of alcohol too, because even in the, you can still go out and have one in the social setting, but you won't get the high from it. And, um, which is actually a lot better than uh, what was the there's a drug called Anabuse, right? That which if you sick. take that and you take a drink, you get violently ill, right? Exactly. No, it seems way better to so you can still go out and you have the social effects, but because you're not getting the high from the alcohol, it's um, people seem to to wean themselves off. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And that, that you know, to me, that seems like a great because once again, you're leaving the social factors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it seems like a great alternative to me. There, but, there are a lot of treatments like that, like new treatments and different ways to handle addiction out these days. And um, Alcoholics Anonymous, like, like I was saying, just seems to fit, stick to the same old script and doesn't really want to try to update uh, anything they do based on scientific evidence that could actually help people. Yeah, now, um, one of the people that Mac and I talked to um, about, about this what was part of it is is their funding model and and it's almost like a pyramid scheme where you're where you're you're a sponsor and you got to get and you've got to get people under you and and that's how they're kind of bringing in revenue somehow do they pass the hat in a i i don't know or or i don't know either or is it or do they get funding based on numbers and so they have to show we have this many people attending and so they get so they'll get some sort of uh, you know money for that, I, I don't exactly know how AA is funding itself, but I'm sure that they they have to show that they have people attending to to get money. 
and I and I imagine that 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 they are asking for money from people that are attending AA as well. So the more people you get in there, the more revenue you're producing, you know, to support the to support the organization. So I, I I'm imagining there's a that there's a piece of that going on as well. So it's interesting. I I think that there is um well, I think that there's multi multi factors here as to why AA isn't updating itself. Now I'm going to ask you an interesting question here, and I'll get to the why shortly. When you injure yourself, what do you put on? Uh, when you cut yourself, what do you put on? We, we, we put on a Band-Aid. Okay. When you blow your nose, what do you blow your nose into? Not a Band-Aid. Just answer the damn question. The couch. The couch. <laughs> okay. Parrot, permission to treat Brian as a hostile witness. <laughs> he said the couch. It was him that said the couch. I know. A handkerchief. Just answer the question. You know what I'm looking for here. Kleenex. Okay. So when you get out, when you're an alcoholic, where do you go? Well, see, and that lies the problem. Everybody just it's branding. Yeah, exactly. You're right. It's branding. Uh, you know, I agree. You're you're right about that, and, the, and that's part of the problem because I yeah, actually that's, that's because I actually it, use bath that's tissue. Could be a mandated treatment is because branding. Yeah, and and it's branded very successfully. And absolutely, I think a lot of people, I, I think most people, would be. Uh, really shocked to learn how little science there is behind the effectiveness of Alcoholics Anonymous. People just naturally assume that this is a good thing, and these are the experts in treating alcoholism. Right, and I don't think they've got a clue. Well, and if this if this is court-mandated, in how many cases is it court-mandated by a judge with certain spiritual spiritual bendings? I, I don't even think that that is required. Because the branding is so good, like you say, it's like Kleenex instead of bath tissue. It's just it's just an automatic. You are drinking and driving. You go to AA, right? I don't even think they even think about it that way. I don't. I bet you. I bet and I bet you a lot of the people that are mandating this, they might not even understand the religious co- connections because I don't think that that is. Um, I, I don't think that most people, when you talk to them about AA, they don't make the religious correlation. So I think it's it's more ingrained than that. Yeah, I think so. People don't even realize what the twelve steps are. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. But the more and more I look into it, the less and less um, uh, I, I think it's, you know, uh, it, it's I don't think it's as effective, nearly as effective as they claim. They make these claims, but they cannot substantiate them. And I don't think that there's any court that should be mandating these treatments. And we have other scientific treatments that are that we know are effective. Like the gold cure. The, the gold cure. I actually saw this on a on a show about uh, – it was it was an interesting show. It was about a, a uh, Canadian detective in the 1800s, late 1800s, early 1900s, and one of and his captain went through the gold cure, and they were wondering why he was getting so irritable and out of character while he was taking the gold cure. They were assuming it was that he was taking the that he was weaning himself off of alcohol. What it turned out was that the gold cure was partially. Um, Partially gold, like gold powder, and partially cocaine. <laughs> oh. And what was it supposed to cure? Alcoholism. Oh, okay. With cocaine addiction, apparently. Wow. Was that actually I, a thing or just – I believe that most of the stuff on this show was pretty historically accurate. Aside from the fact that the, the character was a work of fiction, most of the things you saw on there were pretty historically accurate. I can look up the gold – Hey, you're back. Yeah, I just called back in. Yeah, I was trying to call you and it kept failing. Yeah. 
Okay. I'm not sure what happened. No, it's anyway, a, well, the, the original disconnection was on my end. So go ahead. Tell us about the gold cure and then we'll wrap okay. up. So the Keeley cure um, was what this was about was he was sending away for a liquid that he would drink in the privacy of his own home. Received trichloride of gold, um, strychnine, alcohol, apomorphine, willow bark, and atropine. And tra- treatments lasted over a period of four weeks. But this one, this the show was fairly fairly straightforward in saying that it was it included cocaine. So I don't know. Well, Coca Cola used to include cocaine too. Actually, it still does include cocaine and heroin. Yeah, possibly. Yes, it is. Yep. But maybe not for babies. Maybe that's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, one thing that uh, the article went into that um, uh, people in the hospital who uh, like really get put on diamorphine. Uh, basically, really pure heroin. And, um, We're losing you, dumbass. Oh, sorry. How's that? That's much better. Okay, so basically, people uh, getting like painful operations in the hospital, when a lot of pain, get put on diamorphine, which is basically really pure heroin. And um, it turns out that uh, the rate of addiction among people are taking this heroin in the hospital is extremely low. Yeah, that was in the book that I read too. Have you read the same book, the one that this guy wrote? What, what is the name of the book again? Let me see. Chasing the Scream: The First and Last Days of the War on Drugs. I think it. I think I did read that. Yes. Yeah, uh, Johan Harry. Or Harry. Yeah, if that's the book that you read, that's... Uh, yeah. Johan. Right? Oh, Isn't he German? That's right. Yeah. Johan. Yeah. yeah. I said Johan. Johan. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great book. And there's another one that I read too, but yeah. And he and he has actually read um, a couple of articles that we've talked about too. Yeah, it's the same book. Cool. Yeah, very so, cool. Yeah, the, the gist of everything here is that addiction isn't quite what people think it is, not like... Uh, a spiral down until you hit rock bottom. Uh, there, it's a, um, a spectrum, and um, it's not all just about the chemical hooks and the drugs and being addicted. Uh, a lot of it has to do with your social situation. Right, exactly. So, and and it, because it's a spectrum, and because everybody's different, everybody everybody's treatment should be it, it should be treated to their particular addiction, right? So, I think the best way to do this is homeopathy. <laughs> <laughs> Personalized medicine, right? One hundred percent logic, right there. <laughs> we, uh, the skeptics are going to have to start. Uh, we have to embrace it. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to start embracing homeopathy now. <laughs> well, I don't know about you, but man, it took a strong drink for me to get through all that. <laughs> so you're uh, drunk right now? Um, no, no, I'm not. But I am drinking. I have a nice Breckenridge bourbon. It's a spiced whiskey. Somebody asking if I'm drunk, I say, I prefer the term spirited. <laughs> ah, I like it. I prefer slightly impaired. <laughs> Brian, you are the re- you are the reason why the, why the rum is always gone. <laughs> <laughs> if it's Zaya, it, I'm guilty as charged. <laughs> ah, all right. Well, if there's not anything else, let's wrap it up. Okay. All right. Say good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. It's another one in the camp. All right. Well, if you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. 
but the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. You could always roast us in a voicemail at 720-295-7785. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons share-alike, no-derivatives, 3.5 license. So, hand it to an unsuspecting friend, but please, just don't change the content. Intro music by Peter Canold. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.